Wildling Press presents How Do I Book? Welcome to How Do I Book by Wildling Press. We like to chat about book writing, book publishing, book marketing, and of course, book reading. We're trying to help new and experienced authors develop their craft, widen their perspectives, and learn to get a little wild every once in a while. I'm Mike. I'm Christina. I'm Grace. All right, y'all. So this is probably not one of the most exciting podcast episodes that we'll have, but it's I'm excited. Very Me too. Good. We're bringing the excitement. We're bringing the excitement. I need y'all to, because this is very important. This is what we call like a technical subject. Yes, that. It is a technical subject. Today, we're going to be talking about metadata. So let me start off first by telling you what metadata is. And quite simply put, it's any data that describes your book. This can include your title, subtitle, price, publication date, ISBN, and any other relevant information that readers use to find your book when searching online or in a database. Mm Mm-hmm. And one main thing to know about metadata is that it's critical to the success of marketing and distributing your book and should never be glossed over or ignored. Yeah, because that's what Amazon uses to put your book in the right subject, right? Exactly. You know, it's everything that's used online by any book retail sellers, the libraries, anybody just doing a general information search online for book topics. You want your book to come up. So you want to make sure that you have this information that best describes what your book is about. Yeah, Yeah. this is the information that we describe as being distributed to industry databases. Right. Exactly. And it's one of those things that publishers take very seriously. And if you are self-publishing, it's something that you really need to take seriously as well. Don't rush through compiling your metadata. We know how excited you are that you're finally done with the book and you have a book cover and you know you have the files in hand, but you really need this information. And I also recommend building this information while you're working on the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You can edit it later on and you know make it better as you get near the end in case things change. Yeah. So we'll start off with the simple ones. Your title. You know, this is your title of your book, including your subtitle. You really don't want to have a super long title and subtitle because it can become jumbled on mobile-friendly devices. If you're shopping online, you know you want people to be able to read your title. But at the same time, sometimes people just have really long titles. It's true. Sometimes you have to. Yeah. I'm working- sometimes you have to. The book that I'm writing right now is working title, Indie Book Publishing from Start to Finish. And it's like all of those words are important. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so you just have to make it work. So that actually is something that you can turn to your book designer to make sure that because your title is larger, that oh, it yeah. is still visible from a mobile device. I can't believe we have 111 podcast episode ideas and I don't think book title is on there. So I'm adding it right now. (laughs) There you go. That's important. That's a good one. This metadata, let me just put in there that this is what's added in when you're uploading your book. So a lot of these things that we're going to go over is things you're going to need while you're uploading your final files for them to go to your printer. Okay, so we upload to Lightning Source. Yes. Self-publishers would upload to Ingram Spark. Right. And there's other... Other ones like Amazon, you know, self-publishing. 
Right. You can definitely go through those, but, you know, a Lightning Source Ingram Spark is kind of like the leading those force like the right main now. Ones. Especially when it comes to print on demand, which most of us do these days. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. But yeah, so other things that you'll want to include are contributors for the book. This includes authors, illustrators, photographers, things along those lines. But the main two that you'll include in your metadata is the author and illustrator. Right. And you wouldn't include your editor or your project manager. Right. These are the people whose names you generally see on the cover. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Along those lines. And you're going to have their bios, which by this point you already have, because you usually have an about the author, about the illustrator page. So you'll have to include those as well. Okay. There's other things to include, like your genre. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that you put your book under the correct genre, because like in a lot of bookstores, say you have your book and you want to put it under drama. A lot of bookstores categorize plays like Shakespeare by Shakespeare and things like that under drama and not necessarily like your romance Oh, like a dramatic fiction would not be drama. Right. So, you know, you got to just make sure you categorize your book properly. And they're going to bring up these things called BSAC subject codes. Oh my God, tell me about the BSAC codes. <laughs> they're really important. You know how like when you're at the bookstore anywhere and you'll see a category that says, you know, juvenile fiction or YA, you know, young adult or things Gardening. along those lines. Guarding, you know, it's that's where you get these, your BSEC codes come in. So they know that that's where those books get shelved. Yeah. yeah and like choosing the right BSEC code is a, a fun adventure or like a tedious challenge, depending yeah. on your perspective. Because for some books, it's like, oh, cool. This book is set in pre-Civil War United States South. Like, that's a BSEC code. It's about women in history. That's a BSEC code. And it's about, uh, you know, like social justice or something. That's a BSEC code. But then sometimes it's like you're sitting there and you're like, oh, my God, what is this book about? I have no idea. Exactly. Yeah. And that's something that we'll, you know, give a link to on our blog post so you can investigate them more yourself because it is a rabbit hole. And we'll probably eventually do a whole episode about BSAC codes. That would be ideal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm getting excited already. I was going to say sorry to whoever <laughs> has to write that one. <laughs> That's something, too, that in, with publishing, and y'all know this as being project managers, we make our marketing sheets. So, you know, your publisher will go through all of those subject codes and pick the best two or three that go along with your book genre right. and what your book is about. And there will also be thema subjects. Those can be pretty interesting. They're a little more specific than BSAC codes. They're like BSAC codes, but harder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're definitely harder. And you need both. I don't know. It's like, how many categories can we put these books yeah, in? It's not a one-to-one. -one. You can't no. be like, oh, my BSAC code in like women's history. I'm going to get a thema subject code in women's history. No, it's not a one-to-one. -one. Not at all. Another thing with like the thema subjects, you can go on there and if your book's specifically about in a certain state or country, you can pick that. But when a BSAC code, it'll be more general. Yeah. So right, if your book okay. happens in South Carolina, you can pick that as a thema subject. Oh, okay, so I got them backwards when I was talking about pre-Civil War American South or whatever. <laughs> no, that that's that still works, but it then works. you can go to them and you can pick where in the South. Obviously, I've done this like 100 times. Obviously, every single time I start from absolute scratch and I just go in and I'm like, please show me the way. <laughs> it feels like that, especially with this section of the metadata. It's very important. I'd say equally as important as choosing keywords and phrases yeah. yes, about your keywords. actual... Metadata, you know, Ingram Spark has a little worksheet, a little brainstorming sheet that you can go to to help you figure out what keywords will most successfully have your book be found. Oh, cool. Is that the thing you emailed me recently? Yes. 
We can link that in the show notes, right? Yeah, definitely. You can target your type of reader using your keywords. For sure. They're pretty vast. And it's one of those things that as you do this more, you get more used to finding successful keywords. It's true. You don't want to be too general yeah. when the, when choosing them. and But you also don't want to be so specific that your book only ends up in one little space. You want like a balance of, of general mm-hmm. and specific. And I will also say that... Wait, hold on real quick. That's kind of like hashtags. Yeah. You need like broad hashtags and narrow hashtags. Exactly. Yes. And I will say that when I'm coming up with keywords for a book, I will Google keywords and I will see what comes up because I love that you want to be doing you want to be thinking from the reader's perspective because ultimately everything that you're doing in regard to the metadata is trying to make your book findable. Mm-hmm. So you want to yeah think from the reader's perspective and be like, what would I type in if I were searching for a book like mine? Yeah. Right. And you can also include if this book has won any awards, you can update your keywords to put that award in there. Oh, oh my God. Wait, that never occurred to me. Yeah. We should do that. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> but this is where you do your themes. You can put the series in there. You put like uh, like fe- strong female protagonist coming of age. Is that right? Exactly. You know, some examples when you go and you look at the brainstorming sheet, they'll say characters, Odysseus. You know, that's pretty specific, but, you know, someone's looking for things about mythology that will help. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm starting more and more to be like, keywords are just hashtags. (laughs) It is kind of true. They're like tags. And don't forget phrases, too, you know. Yes. Keywords and phrases. So it doesn't have to be like one word. Yeah, like coming of age is definitely a phrase that is also a keyword. I think when you type them in, it's like separate them by a comma. So like it, it knows if you're using more than one word, it knows they go together. Right. Some other things to keep in mind when it comes to your metadata is the format of your book. You should know that by now. <laughs> right. You should definitely know the format by now. So this is an easy answer. This is, is your book of paperback, hardcover, ebook, a combination of these. And definitely when you are making a format or multiple formats of one book, make sure you have a different ISBN for each one. So it makes them distinguishable from each other. And when they are going to the database, people will know whether they're purchasing a hardcover paperback or digital. Yeah. yeah. And we'll do a separate episode about ISBNs too. This episode is leading to a lot of other episodes. It's spiraling. Yes. It's spiraling. Yes. I'm going to add it to our list. And if anyone doesn't know... ISBN stands for International Standard Book Number. It's not serial? I think it's International Standard Book Oh my god, I thought the this my whole career I thought the S stood for serial. ISBN. It is definitely standard. (laughs) Oh my god. Oh my god, my brain's exploding. Um Yeah, so that that there you go. (laughs) Okay. Thank you for telling me that. So now we know what ISBN is. Yeah, I, I learned something today. We all learned something today. <laughs> yes. Another thing to keep in mind with your metadata are review quotes. Uh, hopefully you've been able to have the opportunity to get a advanced copy out for reviewers to, you know, come back and give you some positive reviews of your work. You don't like it, wanna... like endorsements. Yes, endorsements. Beforehand. Right. You know, that's something too that if you're managing or your publisher who's managing your title and the, with a printer, you can update these things mm-hmm. as you receive them. It's just nice to have some positive reviews of your work so people can see that other people have held this book, they've read this book, and they recommend this book. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. I like that you said other people have held this book. It's like, right. that makes it feel so visceral. I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> right. And then, uh, you know, and these reviews can come from um, industry sources, publications, uh, relevant people such as other authors and bloggers. And this is before it's officially published and printed, right? Preferred, yes. Preferably. So that those endorsements can go inside your book. Right. Yeah, if we're still at a design phase and we have reviews, then we have the opportunity to put them on other on the cover or put them on the interior, you know, and that really does help make your book more legitimate. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I think that even after your book is published, if you get a really cool review from like Publishers Weekly or like someone really famous, can't you like go back and add that to your reviews in your book's metadata? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you can definitely update your metadata after your book is out there. And it'll take like a couple days to like update in all of the databases that we mentioned. But obviously, if you're trying to like put it in your book, that will require some revision. Right, yeah. So we said we use Ingram. Do they charge to update your metadata? Not to update your metadata, but if you want to put these revisions in your actual printed book. And you have to update the file. Yes, you have to update the files. Yes. Okay. Okay, cool. And one last thing to uh, take into consideration with your metadata is who's your audience. This can be the general adult market, juvenile, or young adult. And you just want to make sure that you pick the correct audience and that you're going back to your BSAC codes. Make sure that your BSAC codes match this audience. Yeah, because BSAC codes have specific codes for like what they call juvenile. Yeah, kids' books. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It says juvenile, but you also have to click it for YA books too. So it's like really hard to navigate the BSAC codes. You have to just click until it's The interface is not great. Right. (laughs) But the information is there. I said what I said, (laughs) bsaccodes.com or whatever you are. Yes. (laughs) It's like not even a straightforward website. Oh my God, you're right. It's BISG.org slash BSAC. (laughs) We'll we'll link it in the show notes. Right. Oh my God. And going into the difference between uh, juvenile and young adult, you know, you want to make sure that you know your age and grade range for your book. And sometimes this, you might think, oh, I know it is. I wrote this for seven, eighth graders to read. And then you do some uh, you can go online and do some research for a readability meter and actually take a portion of your oh yeah text and put it in there and they'll tell you what the target age and grade range is yeah Yeah, we'll link that too yeah this is definitely a a great tool to have that's the one that tells you who your target age and grade range is and you need to know that information when you're doing a book that is not general adult yeah and and it's also important to be real about your audience Let's say that you were the most brilliant and talented Rick Reardon and you just wrote Percy Jackson. Congrats on that. That's wow. a good look. Yep. If you're like, oh, this book is appeals to everyone. Like, you don't need to be in middle school to read this book. Cool. Yeah. Grownups can read books for children, but you don't want to call this a grown-up book because someone will get mad about that and it's just not accurate. So what you need to do is list it as a book for 8 to 14-year-olds or whatever, and then adults can make the conscious decision that I enjoy reading books like this that are designed for this target audience. You don't get to say, some adults would like this, so I'll list it for adults. You know what I mean? Yeah, the worst thing to do when marketing your book is to say, my book's for everyone. It's for nobody. (laughs) Yeah, because everyone is nobody in that case. Yes. Well, is there anything else that y'all would like to add to our episode about metadata? I guess it turned out a little more exciting than I was 
thinking. If you are like a self-publishing author and you're developing your own metadata, I just want to tell you that you got it. You got this. And like just tackle one question at a time. Yeah, definitely. And also, Mike, I think you advised earlier to like write everything down, even as you're going through the book production process, so that you can make sure like at the end, when you're entering all of this metadata that you have a source material to like work from. And the most important thing with metadata is to be consistent. You know, if your name appears a certain way on the book cover, it needs to appear the same way on the copyright page, and it needs to appear the same way in the metadata that you are, you know, entering. So you need to decide if you're using your middle initial or not. Like you need to make that choice. Can't be wishy-washy about it. (laughs) Yeah, that that's definitely some great advice for sure. Consistency is key. And that's how you book. This episode was written by me, Michael Hardison, and edited by Mary Payton Crook. Our logo was designed by me, Michael Hardison. Our theme music was produced by Jason Hilton. Please check out the show notes for a link to the accompanying blog post and visit us online at Wilding Press on social media or at www.wildingpress.com.